Time to welcome our guests uh, to the programme. And first of all, we want to say hello and good morning to James Audis, who's Senior Investment uh, investment Advisor at Shore & Partners. Good morning, James. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. And we'll also say uh, good morning to Carlos Casanova, uh, Senior Asia Economist at UBP. Uh, good morning, Carlos. Hi, good morning, James. Nice to have you both um, on the show. And I mean, let's let's get your take on where we are with the current sort of quote unquote banking crisis. Uh, Carlos, do you want to kick us off? And, you know, where, where are you feeling and how are you feeling about where things stand in the banks at the moment? I think um, in terms of the status of the crisis in the US, we might uh, not be out of the woods yet. It's looking more positive, um, but we're not entirely out of the woods. Main reason being is um, the measures that have been put in place uh, to stem some of the uh, you know outflows from banks. We we have a situation where we have a bank run, um, and then we have. Um, you know, a mismatch in terms of deposit rates and uh, the sort of risk-free rewards that uh, some investors can get elsewhere. Um, and so the measures that have been put in place uh, guarantee deposits but don't resolve this issue. So I think um, the situation will continue to evolve. Um, but of course, uh, you know, Asia is emerging as a bright spot in terms of growth and activity. We don't have um, as bad, a, you know, a, an impact in terms of deposit rates and outflows in the region. Um, and so I, I do think that the market has sort of uh, taken a step back uh, and and is feeling a little bit more positive about the resolution, eventual resolution of the issues in the U.S. Yes, banking stocks are coming back a bit uh, overnight in uh, the U.S. markets. James, you know, you're based in uh, in Sydney. H- how are you feeling about it at the moment? Uh, a little bit more positive vibes? Well, certainly. I mean, we see the drawdown that we've uh, had in Bank of America is an example, 22%. We've seen JP Morgan draw down, you know, 14, 15%. Obviously, this is all to do with fears of what's gone on with, uh, you know, um, Credit Suisse primarily and also SVB. You know, I think that as long as the, uh, you know, we get the major banks coming out with their earnings, which we're going to have reported shortly, in, in line or ahead of expectations, we should see these stocks bounce back to where they were. Are UBS rehiring its uh, former CEO to steer its takeover of Credit Suisse? And he, of course, uh, was there during and after the uh, last banking crisis. Uh, is that giving us a sense that maybe they're thinking that uh, this is a bigger job and um, you know could lead to, to deeper trouble, do you think, James? Well, you know, it's interesting with him coming back on board and being positioned. And uh, it's, you know, he was involved in the 2004 you know, UBS Investment Bank restructuring and then exiting the FICC business. So he's got some uh, track history in that space, and I, and I guess that that's why the boards, you know, uh, reappointed him. I think that that's going to be more of a confidence issue, and he, and he certainly has the track record fundamentally to deliver on that. It's, I just don't think that it's going to be an easy digestion for credits uh, for UBS to take on Credit Suisse, and obviously there's going to be a, a lot of overlap of, uh, in the investment banking business. So it's going to be a, a while. It would be a brave man to step in and buy these banks, but if you had a longer term view, then I, I would probably be, you know, quite comfortable owning UBS. Carlos, he's got quite a lot of work to do, hasn't he? He's got to probably lay off thousands of people. He's got to uh, bring those two investment arms uh, together. Quite a big job, right? I thought, I'm sure with um, any merger and acquisition, you do have a process of streamlining operations. Um, and so that should um, 
at least temporarily lead to um, more volatility in the markets, uh, slightly mixed sentiment. Um, so it really depends here on sort of your risk appetite and how, how long you, you can you can you know take the risk for. So uh, long term, no issues. Short term, we're going to see some volatility in European banking stocks. Seems like there's uh, quite a lot of questions, James, that are going to be asked in the U.S. Uh, you know, we're already seeing uh, various uh, U.S. Senate panels uh, digging into it. And, you know, that comes together with an uh, announcement from the, the U.S. Senate that Credit Suisse violated a 2014 plea deal over tax evasion. If it's not one thing, it's another, really, isn't it? Um, this seems like it's going to go on a bit. Well, I think it's, it's going to be a, a bit of a potential time bomb for UBS to, you know, take on the, the situation that's going on with Credit Suisse. So, you know, that may be something which is going to, you know, continue to be a bit of an issue for them. And, you know, if they're taking over the company as they are, then that's something they, they, they I think they'd be well aware of it. But I think sentiment might, uh, you know, uh, be a negative overhang for them. And, you know, I, I would agree, uh, you know, that it's probably something that if you wanted to hold these things, you'd want to have a longer term view. Carlos, how's your general outlook at the moment? Um, you know, obviously we've seen that uh, 25 basis point rise from the Fed just a few days ago. Do you think that, uh, you know, that's going to stabilise things? Are you, are you looking for, for calmer seas ahead? Mm-hmm. Perhaps we, we um, are slightly contrarian here. Um, we think that the Fed um, is prepared to do another 25 basis point rate hike. That is probably going to be necessary in order to... Um, engineered the desired outcome. And remember, the desired outcome is a decline in inflation, and a decline in inflation will only happen if you have some erosion in domestic demand. So pain has to still take place. I think uh, what we are seeing is not necessarily something that the Fed doesn't want. Um, So we do expect to see another 25 basis point rate hike, and then we do expect to see uh, terminal rates remaining higher for longer at around 5 to 5.25%. I think the uh, consensus seems to be around 5.10%. Um, where we see some risks is um, there's two, two, two areas. So first of all, money markets are pricing in rate cuts uh, at the end of this year, and that is not likely to happen. So we're going to have to see a repricing um, in the market to uh, take into consideration uh, you know, higher terminal rates for longer. And the second uh, area where we see risks is that we are now shifting from a delayed soft landing in terms of economic activity in the U.S. in the second half of this year towards a potential technical recession in terms of uh, you know two quarters of, of negative uh, growth in the US um, and, and that might likely take place sooner than expected maybe um, as soon as the second quarter if not the third quarter of this year um, and that is a little bit less optimistic than sort of what the market was uh, expecting a few weeks ago or prior to this banking sector scandal so we are seeing some risks piling there. Well life is all about risks of course and the banking uh, sector is no different. Uh, James do you think the Fed is going to take risks in in looking at the next potential interest rate rise or not? What what are your thoughts there? Uh, well, you know, it's it's a difficult thing. I, I would like to think that the Fed's going to be data dependent. Uh, yet I think that there's almost like this uh, you know power of politics with with things. And I think that I've, over the last few years I've seen more chatter from Fed governors uh, than than I've ever seen coming across the tapes before. And, you know, you throw Janet Yellen into the mix as, there, as well there. So, you know, I think the fundamentals are indicating that, you know, we can, we can actually see 
the Fed back off that, ag- that aggressive move. I think that they moved late. I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think they moved late and they moved very hard to, you know, curb the inflation, as Carlos has mentioned, and, you know, they've really got to bring that down. But, you know, what I'm seeing in the market in terms of the risk-free rate for their 10-year yields, we've come off over the last five months from, you know, 424 basis points to 356 basis points at the moment, which is a fair, fairly, uh, you know, decent move to the downside. I do think that, you know, that can pack up to, you know, the 3,800 or, you know, even 4% level, but I don't think we're going to push through to the 4.24 because I think the market's already priced in that the Fed uh, will at least be less hawkish through the back end of the year. Carlos, in terms of uh, Asia markets, uh, what sort of uh, areas are you advising clients at the moment? Where where is your your general investment advice going, uh, given uh, what's been happening with the banks? Mm -hmm. Well, we continue to expect Asia to outperform this year, um, at least in terms of the macro, and we are seeing some of that upside translate into Asian asset classes like equities as well. Um, within Asia, of course, the main narrative uh, continues to be the Chinese reopening. Um, I think that the initial rally is over. We are looking at a, a slightly different um, structural theme right now, uh, looking at long-term beneficiaries of some of the policies that were announced at the MPC and so, so on and so forth. Um, so we continue to advise investors to look at China. Some of the changes uh, surrounding Alibaba are good news in terms of the equity market because they do suggest that going forward the IPO market is going to be more vibrant. Of course, um, IPO uh, listings are down 70% in the first quarter of this year, but the expectation is that the market will become a lot more dynamic throughout the year. And that's perhaps what um, uh, Asian investors are waiting for. A lot of them do have holdings of Chinese equities, but they are looking for something new, something different, something that offers a little bit of upside uh, in order to re-engage and re-enter. So I think that is good news for Chinese equities in the remainder of the year. Could we see a restructuring of, say, Tencent, do you think, you know, with WeChat being broken up? I, I, I'm not sure. I think investors are focusing a lot on the politics um, and um, sort of extrapolating uh, the decision to mean that the regulation oversight over the tech sector is over. Uh, and most likely, yes, there, 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 there's been a lot of regulation. So we, we could see uh, restructurings or a little bit more wiggle room for some of these companies. But in my opinion, uh, what it's mostly reflecting is the fact that the Chinese government is trying to um, you know, push forward with these uh, financial reforms. They are looking to shift some of the dependency on, uh, that companies have on bank financing for their uh, f- capital needs uh, and towards the equity and bond markets. And so it is not a coincidence that uh, Alibaba's restructuring coincides with uh, policies to um, expedite uh, the IPO process in, in China, especially for tech companies. So in my opinion, it is possible, but what is more likely is that we'll see new tech players coming in the market and, in, and, and garnering uh, interest from investors that don't have exposure to those names. Uh, James, tech doing quite well in the, in the US as well at the moment. The, the Nasdaq uh, is on the up, right? Yes, certainly. We've seen a good surge in the Nasdaq and it's, yeah, the 20% move, basically more more in the NDX, so the top 100 rather than the composite. But, you know, we, we've, we've seen since, uh, you know, January, we saw a 20% move to where we currently are. But, you know, we saw that appear in the first couple of days of February, only to have a you know, 9% drawdown. So, now, one of the things that's a little bit concerning for me is the uh, volatility index is pretty low at 19.12. Uh, and I think that there's some complacency, uh, you know, sneaking in there. And we may, we may see some profit taking, but, uh, you know, I, I think that the NASDAQ can continue to do well this year. I just don't, I'm not sure that we're going to have an, uh, you know, unabated upside from current levels through to the back end of the year. I think it's going to be pretty choppy.
How far is it going to go? Do you think? Uh, well, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if you know we saw it rally another you know eight ten percent by year's end, uh, and you know that would really only take it back to where it was in March April last year. And I think that there's you know good reason for it to go to those levels. But again, it's going to be a choppy ride along the way. So you know if when when if and when we do see drawdowns in the markets of several percent, then you know you're going to see uh, the volatility index spike, and that'll be the opportunity to get back in. Play a contrarian view is what the way that I do it. James Ordis is Senior Investment Advisor at Shore and Partners in Sydney. And thank you also to uh, Carlos Casanova, uh, Asia's Senior Economist at UBP.